Hi there, this is Kerry Tennis, and it's Thursday, October 22nd in the year 2020. We're 12 days away from the American presidential election. So this morning, my wife Norma said to me, did you ever think you would one day be waking up in Italy in the middle of a pandemic with Donald Trump as president? And I had to admit, uh, no, I had not. Also, I said, there's an election coming up. Did you hear about it? I'm such a cheeky bastard. They always called me a smart aleck when I was a kid, but uh, it raised a serious question that this week's column is all about. And though I had not ever dreamed that one day I would wake up in Italy in the midst of a pandemic with... Donald Trump as president, that's for sure. And I have been thinking, how can I talk about the election? What can I do? There's nothing in the realm of political reporting or opinion I have to offer that would seem relevant. I don't think any of my listeners are in doubt about who they're going to vote for or anything like that. And at the same time, it seems like inappropriate to just center on personal situations or little things, even if I had gotten enough letters this week to, with, with an election of such immense uh, importance looming. And it really is a quandary for me because I am not a political person, really. In my, in my being, I'm not really, I, I pay, I pay uh, immense attention to unfolding events. I'm always watching the news and I'm, I'm very well informed, but I suppose I'd say I'm not comfortable in the role of, of advocate, really, an advocate of political causes. So it was difficult for me to figure out um, what to do this week. So, I really wasn't sure exactly what I would do, and, and then, uh, then it came to me. So, when I was writing the Since You Asked advice column for Salon.com, I used to always ask myself, like every day before every column, what can I say that's unique? What is there in my own experience, in my own way of looking at things, that I can offer you that's mine alone, that you won't get anywhere else on the web? That was my guiding principle in writing. Sometimes it led me to make unusual, controversial, uh, you know, suppositions. Sometimes I would follow... Uh, speculations, trains of thought. But I really believed and still believe that if you're writing for a public, you have to find something unique. And actually, okay, I was meditating. And while I was meditating, it came to me. 
1997, Norma and I were standing in the garage of the house we'd recently bought out on 48th Avenue in Ortega in San Francisco. Well, out there in that foggy, flat, sea-wash landscape of 20th century row houses. It's bland and bleak and ordinary but safe, inexpensive, and near the beach. It was our first house ever. So we're standing there in our garage and this guy walks in. He just walked in and started looking around like he was interested in the merchandise, of which there was none, of course. Maybe like a shovel and a hammer, but that was it. He was in his late 40s, hair thinning on top, paunchy, wore a tweed jacket with elbow patches, white shirt and a woven tie. These details I take from my journal entry from uh, the uh, election of 2000. So he introduced himself as an official in the San Francisco Department of Elections and gave us his pitch. And so we agreed to host elections in our garage and to be uh, trained as, as poll workers. And we sort of decided right on the spot, you know, which was funny. I mean, we talked about it a little bit afterwards, but basically we were like, yeah, let's do it. Let's have elections in our garage and let's be poll workers. And so we went to class and learned all about how to do it. And, and that was, we started in 1997. And so by the year 2000, We'd been doing it. We were pretty good at it. We got to know our neighbors and we had the system down. And that is how we came to work the 2000 presidential election, the election of Hanging Chad, the election of endless Florida hand recount and Supreme Court decision that effectively finally handed the race to George W. Bush. And that experience is why I heartily endorse the idea of becoming a poll worker. And I suggest that if you're out there and you're thinking, even remotely, of doing something like that, that you, that you do it. Because we learned a lot being poll workers. And there's another thing, too, because I recently watched the HBO uh, movie Recount, where... Kevin Spacey um, plays the figure of Ron Klain, and it's a dramatic reenactment <laughs> of the uh, election recount in Florida in the year 2000. And I also I suggest that you watch that movie, if at all possible, because uh, 20 years later, we face a situation uh, that uh, that movie sheds some light on and gives us some perspective. And one of the things that movie made me think is that it's really important to have capable, smart, problem-solving type people at every line, at every point, at every level of the election process. Because that movie makes clear that one side, uh, the Republican side, 
was very intent on taking advantage of any possible weakness or screw-up or opportunity. They were out for one thing. They were out to win. The Democrats, maybe as portrayed in the movie, but maybe for real, were principled, were concerned about uh, posterity, and especially in the... um, character of Warren Christopher, the former Secretary of State under Clinton, who it's it's sad, and I know that movies exaggerate uh, character traits, and he as uh, portrayed by um, John Hurt, he plays a sort of a needlessly principled person, Um, You know, especially when uh, paired with his, uh, uh, basically his opponent, uh, James Baker, played by Tom Wilkinson. It really brought home to me the importance of being battle-ready. And um, it also showed how fate and chance can play into the hands of the enemy. How um, any weakness in the chain um, can be exploited by the enemy. And with the current election coming up, where it's quite clear that one side is totally focused on exploiting any possibility to uh, call the legitimacy of the election into question, to, to exploit weaknesses, to magnify um, instances of apparent fraud. So there's one scene in the movie um, where uh, a, the, the hand recount is going on, and the one of a lawyer for the Democratic side. Uh, leaves the counting table in the room, which has been uh, sealed off from the protesters. He goes out to the hallway, to the window where there's a clerk, and he requests a blank um, ballot, a blank uh, a punch card for purposes of comparison. And some of one of the demonstrators who have entered the building now, they convinced the guard at the front of the building that they just wanted to peacefully demonstrate, and they're out there uh, in menacing fashion. One of those demonstrators sees the lawyer take the blank um, punch card and yells, he's stealing a ballot, he's stealing a ballot, get him, stop him. And this frightening scene occurs where the demonstrators surround this man who proclaims, I'm just, but how can you explain, you know? So um, it, it was a frightening moment. And this kind of thing in the upcoming election could be magnified a hundredfold. Also, I would say in this instance, um, if you were a person of some personal 
physical courage. You know, it would be good to be an election worker, to, to, to pose some, some interference and some protection of the process itself. Because as the movie shows, and of course I'm basing this on the movie, but the poll workers who were present, the, the, who were counting, doing the counting when this incident occurred, were so shaken up that they decided enough is enough. They wanted to quit, and they did quit the recounting, if the details in the movie are correct. In a broader sense, regardless of whether I've got it exactly right historically, it's true that bold bullying tactics work. Standing on principle against bullies sometimes just leaves you defenseless against them. And so I hope that Ron Klain learned a lesson there and which will uh, apply in the upcoming election. My sense of it is that the Democrats are um, battle-ready, you know, because that's clearly what's required. And not to scare anyone, I mean, I'm just saying that at any moment, an error or uh, some supposed, um, supposedly innocent act that could be construed as uh, ir an irregularity or fraud, um, I do think that in this upcoming election all over the country, there are going to be people, pro-Trump people, observing and eager to either catch someone doing something that looks irregular or just create a stir. And so the more election workers who are capable and courageous and smart on their feet, the better. So if you do decide to work the polls, I'd sure be interested in knowing how it goes, and you could uh, post your experiences uh, here or in the comments or to the, uh, you know, send me an email or whatever. Anyway, um, I think that's about it, except for one more thing, and that's about the bonus audio track. If you listen to the audio piece that I did back in 2000, just a few days after the election, you'll get what I mean. It was a crazy thing, and I don't think that it was just San Francisco. Anytime you have a complicated system and you have people who've only had a short time to learn all the ins and outs of it, you're going to have confusion. So, um, yeah, I, I, I hope it's not too late for you to look into the situation in your local town and volunteer and get um, ready, get, get trained up. <laughs> so that's, I think I've got more to say, but I'm going to pause there for a moment while I, uh, you know, maybe have a cappuccino or something. So I think it kind of turned out I didn't have a whole lot more to say. So, um, 
I'm going to just bid you adieu and good luck. And uh, there will be one more podcast next week before the election on November 3rd. So hang in there. We'll see what happens. Jesus. I, oh man, what a year.